As we wrap up the week, we're bringing you one of the many positive messages from our past interviews. Each Thursday, we're sharing stories of our most watched athletes, celebrities, and leaders. We hope these problem-solving narratives inspire you to tackle obstacles in your own life. Joe Namath. How often would there be drinking, partying the night before a game? Uh... Unless it was with the uh, owners or with the team, there wasn't that kind of thing. At a home game, I'd go out to dinner or so, but there wasn't any partying. Now, uh, when you talk about drinking, uh, three or four drinks, you know, that, that was not abnormal. I mean, I'm not talking about going out and getting drunk the night before a game. Okay. Maybe we did sometimes, too. Uh, it's my memory again that gets me. But it would be uncommon to be drunk or hungover on an actual game day. Absolutely. Okay. It's absolutely uncommon. To what extent does it bother you that there are stories out there about that, that it's kind of people view that as part of your legend when in reality, you know, as you're saying, it's not as much the case? Well, no, I'm not saying it didn't happen from time to time. I'm just saying it wasn't mean, an issue and it wasn't uh, influential on our physical conditioning at the time. At least we didn't think it was. Uh, we didn't know. How was your diet back then? I don't think any of us ever thought about what was in the food we were eating. Because on game day, we'd have our pre-game meal, and all I'd have is coffee, maybe a piece of toast, and then chewing tobacco. Really? I was the guy that carried the salt shaker in the back pocket when we went out on the apples, on the radishes, on the watermelon, you name it, man. Salt was wonderful. No one knew about the proper diets for athletes back then. They thought they did, but they didn't. We didn't know about how to get the body strong through weightlifting without getting tightened up. So professional football players didn't lift weights until the 70s. Uh, there were things we didn't know, and we're glad that they found out, for sure. Uh, I know guys that have had drinking problems that uh, never gave it a thought because it was like a regular routine, and then the next thing you know, it is a routine, and you're doing it every day, and... Uh, it starts to control your life and destroy it. So you have to find uh, the strength to shift gears. When did you realize you wanted to stop drinking altogether? When my wife uh, told me I needed to, when my daughter Jessica was just about a year old, I made a, a deal with my wife at the time that if I didn't stop on my own, I would check into a rehab place. Well, I was so terrified of a rehab place and what the consequences of notoriety in a rehab place might bring or feel like that I knew I wasn't going to drink. And I was able to stop drinking uh, and stay sober for 13 years. I was, after getting an education this last time, uh, I, was, I, I learned I was what you call dry drunk. Without the education and understanding alcohol and understanding the system physically and emotionally and just quitting with the strength and determination, that's called a dry drunk. You do need support. When I did uh, get an education, uh, it was uh, joyful because uh, not only did it help me spiritually, 
I saw people that I didn't want to end up like. I believed their stories, their help, you know, and telling me what they're telling me. And uh, it's a matter of uh, shifting gears and uh, carrying fear. I still have a fear for what that stuff does to me and what it could do to me. So uh, every day uh, I'm thankful and I do say my little prayer to whatever God uh, I choose, my God, and it helps. It helps. What's involved with ultimately overcoming the problem, the addiction? Well, I think sugar has a lot to do with it for one thing. There's a whole lot of sugar in there, too. And if, you come, if you're constantly getting a certain amount of sugar, that could be part of it. But I, I, I think, uh, to me, it was mental, it was emotional and uh, somewhat of an escape, being able to shed responsibilities or being on stage uh, as an athlete, as a ball player, and just wanting to say, forget it, let me, you know, and that was a way of escaping some. What advice would you have for somebody who may be watching, who wants to stop drinking but is unable to stop? Get some help. Go see someone uh, with Alcoholics Anonymous. You've got to want to do it. Uh, understand about it, understand what it is, and uh, ask for help. You know, it's, it's like uh, you ask God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Those three things, uh, you know, every day it comes to mind, and it's uh, solid, it's good. If you can get through the physical part of it, uh, what withdrawals they might be, there might be, or what withdrawals you think there are, uh, it becomes an attitude. I always think of the down times, how it made me feel, how I fouled up everything I ever did in my life. It seemed that I was really screwy and wrong about. I had some kind of alcohol input. And so uh, I, I know I'm a slow learner, but by God, I've learned. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week and every week sharing full-length, long-form interviews on Mondays and shorter, uplifting stories on Thursdays. We'd love to hear from you with ratings and reviews. Also, do you prefer the longer podcast episodes or the Thursday shorts? Excited to get your take, and thanks again for listening.